This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. All right, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining in today. I've got a little bit of a mixed topic show for you guys today. Um, been really doing a lot of thinking about what I want for this show, and ultimately, you know, moving forward, how I want to kind of show up for people out there. I know that there are a lot of coaches that listen to the show, and I know that for the most part, you know, there's a there's a widespread of fitness, you know, style people who listen to the show, whether it be, you know, people brand new to working out and people who've been training for a long period of time. And um, ultimately, if you listen to my story in any way, shape, or form, you know that uh, I come from primarily across the background and have really dived into over the past few years just strength and conditioning as a whole. And I really view, you know, the type of training that I provide here as like the mixed martial arts of training, right? So we take pieces of CrossFit, we take pieces of Olympic lifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding, um, functional bodybuilding. Uh, aerobic training. We just kind of take all these things and piecemeal them together and deliver them in one unique service to both our online remote clients and our in-person clients inside of our fitness facility here. So um, really, for the most part, when I get on here, I just typically talk about things that I'm working on, things that I've done over the years with clients, and ultimately the end user, the person meaning you listening to this show can get something out of it and uh, be able to grow in your understanding around this whole fitness thing. So uh, first and foremost, guys, as always, I would love if you would just stop this show right now, head on over to iTunes and give this show a five-star rating and review. The reason why that helps us is because ultimately that moves us up the charts inside of iTunes and gets this show in front of more eyes of, you know, fitness people just like yourself. The second thing you could do would be to simply take a screenshot on your phone, post it on your Instagram story, and then go ahead and tag me in it. I am at Coach Cody Smith. That's always just amazing when you guys do that because when I'm able to see people to you know share the show on social media, it, it just always is just super crazy to me that Number one, people would take the time out of their day to listen to something that I want to talk about. And uh, number two, just the, you know, having people, you know, we have people that listen to this show in India. We have people that listen to this show in South America. We have people that listen to the show all over the United States. And when I see these things that get posted on there and then I reshare them on my story, it's just always this crazy thing to think like, um, you know, people take time out of their day just to, to, to hear, you know, some of the concepts and the things that we're teaching on the show. Um, so I want to thank you, those of you who do that for sharing the show and just spreading the you know, the, the message of what we're trying to put out there. So, um, again, take that screenshot, post in your story, tag me in it. And then without any further ado, my friends, we're going to go ahead and jump into the content and the topics of today's show. So, um, you know, kind of a crazy day for me today. I uh, woke up this morning a little later than usual. We had a crazy evening last night. We've been having just some crazy windstorms um, inside of uh, Washington State here. And, you know, we lost power last night. Uh, I had kids in my bed at all crazy times of the night. And, you know, there's lots of kicking in my back. It was just insane, right? The, the typical life of uh, a father slash entrepreneur slash husband um, slash leader, right? It's just a lot of things kind of stacking up that make things difficult. Um, but ultimately, that led to me and having a completely uproot my schedule for the day. And I had a lot of coaching hours on the floor at my gym today. So um, nonetheless, I had a podcast recording with Mr. Mike Robertson and uh, in just a amazing coach. I was really looking forward to that interview, but uh, no power, 
you know, no sort of routine meant I was just ill-prepared and uh, was unable to record on my podcast gear until the power came back. So um, basically spent the entire day coaching, got my training in for the day. And while I was coaching today, I was just kind of thinking about um, – just really thinking about some of the things that I was seeing on the floor and some of the things that I was seeing going on in the gym. And, um, you know, I kind of pulled out my post-it note and I just started writing down topics because for me, when I tie into a podcast, the thing that I want to do is I want to get in, I want to get the information that I want to learn about, and then I want to get on without my day, without any sort of crazy thing. So as I was writing these topics down, I thought to myself, like, I'm going to go and I'm going to record, you know, a quick show about all of these different topics that I was just kind of thinking about as I'm watching you know, the, the, the life and times of, you know, the, the gym atmosphere and the things going on in the gym. So the topics I want to jump into today are going to be complexity progression inside of conditioning workouts. The second thing is going to be skill progression. So if you're a person that, you know, or you're a coach and you're, you really want a framework that will help to get your clients better at things like handstand push-ups, muscle-ups, pistols, uh, handstand walking, toes the bar, all these higher skill movements that we do inside of the fitness community. Um, I, I'm going to share my framework of how I do that. Then I want to talk about just a very simple concept that we use inside of our facility here, and it's scaling versus personalization. So if you are a group fitness coach or you are somebody that delivers some sort of templated style training, this is an amazing just framework and thought process that you can take and you can implement with your clients. Okay, So we're going to go ahead and start off with complexity progression inside of Metcons. So this has to be one of my favorite things to do with any sort of conditioning inside of a person's programming. I mean, this is something I'm literally running right now inside of my own um, my own program. I tend to run like a, you know, a, anywhere between like a four to six week program. Um, I like to test a lot of the concepts and the things that I've been thinking about inside of training on myself. And um, one that I've been using a lot inside of this is this very framework, this whole thought of complexity progression in workouts. So, you know, when we go to our CrossFit Level 1 seminar as CrossFit coaches when we get started, there's there's not much talk around um, you know, specific intervals that we use or how to make, you know, give somebody an opportunity to learn specific exercises to get better in them, right? So, you know, we come out of our level one, our CrossFit level one seminar, and we just start putting things down on the paper, right? We're just throwing things together that make a hard workout for somebody. And what I really struggled with from doing that for a period of years was I never really felt as if I was delivering the results that I was promising inside of some of the programming that I was doing. So kind of just started diving into a bunch of different things and learning from a, a bunch of different, you know, courses and seminars and certifications. And, um, you know, throughout that, I ended up landing on this very, this very um, topic that I'm talking about here. So I, I want to give a couple examples just so you can understand uh, and specifically how I'm doing it um, or how I've done it inside of my training um, throughout, you know, the period of time that, you know, I run these different cycles and stuff like that. So when we talk about complexity progression inside of conditioning workouts, number one, um, for me, I'm not a big fan of completely changing a program every single week, right? And the reason why I say that I don't completely overhaul it is because the person, you know, the human body needs, we need to meet a stimulus multiple times to get better at a given time interval or, um, exercise or rep range or any of those things. We, our, our body never really gets a full opportunity to optimize that particular exercise or anything unless we get a repeated stimulus to that. Now, most people look at that and, and 
and this is kind of where I differ, is that most people look at that and they think that that just applies to strength training, right? That, that you know, using something as simple as like a, you know, a split squat and using that same split squat within different variations of it for the course of a couple of weeks. Like that is a good concept. But I think that also applies to conditioning workouts as well, right? So a, a simple example of how I love to use this is I'll take something as simple. Let's say week one of program A, right? It's a lower body day. I might take and say, okay, for out, you know, throughout this conditioning, you know, this, um, this day one workout A, you know, week one, right? So on that day one, I'm going to use a 15 minute interval for each week of that training. All right. Now I'm just kind of throwing out ideas here. 15 minute interval. We know that in the training community that if it's a 15 minute interval, it's likely going to be a very aerobic interval, which is great for body composition change, which is just great for longevity and any, you know, just health focused type client that we may have. For me, that's something that I'm 100% focused on is more about longevity and how I feel and less about performance and, you know, numbers and things like that. So that works for me. So <clears throat> we'll take that week one, day one workout and we're going to say we're going to attach a 15 minute interval to that workout okay so every you know let's say every day one of that week of you know the the coinciding weeks that come from there we're going to use a 15 minute interval okay so i may you know talking about progression and how i'm going to increase complexity inside of the workout every week Let's say on that lower body day, I choose to keep it very, very simple. I might do something like row 250. Then I might do something like um, 15 air squats. And then I might do something like 10 slam balls. So inside of that, I've got a aerobic or, or I'm sorry, a cyclical or monostructural style element. I've got a gymnastics element or a body weight, a body weight specific or calisthenic style exercise in the air squat. And then I'm going to finish up with a slam ball, which is going to be a weighted element, right? So if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, I go into, you know, programming frameworks and how to make an intentional Metcons and how to classify exercises and stuff like that. Um, and, and I'm not talking about movement categories. I'm just talking about classi classification or type of um, exercise being used, right? We got monostructural elements, which are things like rowing, jump roping, biking, running, um, jogging, ski erg, uh, stair climber, or I'm sorry, versa climber, anything like that. We would, we would label those as a monostructural exercise, okay? Now, moving on, when we start looking at things like gymnastics, think about that as anything that is body weight specific. So I'm talking push-ups dips, uh, squats, box jumps, lunges, uh, burpees, sit-ups. That's for the most part, that is 100% body weight specific. We would classify that as a gymnastics workout, right? Now for the weighted element, that might be anything with medicine balls, kettlebells, deadlifts, barbell work, um, sandbag, any sort of carrying or anything like that, we would classify that as a weighted element. And a good way to just think about that, like whether it's a weighted element or not, it's just going to be just simply, does it apply outside resistance to your body? Okay, so in this example of workout A, week one, day one, I've got a 15-minute interval. That's my interval I'm going to stick with for the entire thing. I've got a monostructural element in a row for 250 meters. I've got a gymnastics element 
which is going to be 15 air squats. And then I've got 10 slam balls, which is going to be my weighted element. That is a, just a 15 minute interval and then a MGW style workout. And again, you can, the rotation of this workout can also change. You could do slam balls, air squats, row, you could go air squats, slam ball row. I mean, the, the, the variance that you can put inside of the sequence of exercise, um, just for this particular example is less important. Okay, so that's week one. Now, if I'm going to progress inside of that 15 minute interval, right? Because again, we said 15 minutes. If I'm gonna progress inside of that 15 minute interval, and then I'm also going to stick with that MGW setup as far as exercises, then week two is gonna change up a little bit. I'm gonna stick with that 15 minutes. I'm gonna maybe change the row 250 because that takes most people anywhere between like 50 seconds to about a minute 10. I might say, and let's go row 350 because I'm gonna change the time. Then I might change that air squat into something like a jumping air squat for 15 reps. And then for the slam ball, I might say, okay, this week I am going to do a dumbbell snatch right? Same thing, we'll go 10 reps. Now, still got my M, still got my G, still got my W. I have increased the complexity of this workout by taking the air squat and making a jumping air squat, by taking the duration or the distance of the row and going from 250 to 350. And I'm taking the slam ball, which is a very low skill exercise where you take a medicine ball over your head and then you squat it and you slam it down and you repeat that for reps. And I've now increased the complexity to something a little more dynamic like a dumbbell power snatch. So that's week two. I haven't had to change or completely overall that particular conditioning piece. Your body or the, your client's body gets to get more accustomed to pacing and aerobic work inside of that 15 minute interval. And it still gets a repeat stimulus of MGW for that week as well, just changing the complexity of the workout. And one would assume that moving from week one to week two, that your body has gotten a little bit better at performing this particular sequence of a workout. So that's an example of progressing from week one to week two. Now to take this a step further, we're gonna move into week three. I might stick with that 15 minute interval because this is workout, workout A, this is day one of week number three now. Still got 15 minutes. Now I'm gonna take that row 250 and I might change it into row 500. Right, so now the distance of the amount of time I'm gonna be on the rower is a little bit longer. Then, instead of the air squat, I might go ahead and now turn that into something like a, you know, I could do something like a box jump. Um, as a matter of fact, just for the sake of this example, let's go box jump, 15 reps, okay? Then, instead of the slam ball, I might go ahead and instead, or instead of the dumbbell power snatch, because now I'm in week three, I might go ahead and turn that into a barbell snatch. And again, guys, this is going to be dependent on, you know, the, the training age of your client, how long they, you know, um, how experienced they are with doing higher skill dynamic movements like an Olympic lift, like the power snatch. Um, and, you know, you could go power snatch with a barbell or you can even just make it a dual dumbbell snatch, right? So the, the variations can change. And again, I still progressed. So let's take a look at how this progressed, okay? Week one, I had row 250 of the monostructural element. Week two, um, and it, guys, this is a lot more complicated to explain. When I wrote this topic down, this is a lot more complicated to explain um, without having a visual for you guys. So maybe I'll have to make a, like an Instagram TV video or something like that about how this could work. 
So uh, the gymnastics element was an air squat, then it went to jumping air squat, then it went to box jump. A little more skill increase every single time. The weighted element went from slam ball to single arm dumbbell power snatch to either a dual dumbbell snatch or a barbell power snatch. Reps stayed the same, everything, the interval was the same, but now you can see I have progressed from one level to the next from week to week, right? So the way that I like to do it is I like to ramp up complexity and intensity for three weeks, and then the fourth week I might drop it down to, you know, 15 minutes of, you know, row 500 meters, 50 single unders or something like that because we're going to decrease complexity because over time when you increase the stimulus to your body and then you increase the difficulty of it, your fitness actually lowers a little bit. Now what we're looking to try to do is create some sort of compensatory ability from your body to overcome and adapt from that stimulus that has been met by called supercompensation. So when we ramp up and we go week four, we take the intensity and the volume, both strength and conditioning down. We can make the assumption that the body's likely gonna rebound and adapt to what we've been done. So now in week five, we can go and we can hit it again. Okay, so that is just an example of com complexity progression inside of Metcons. And again, the complexity in which you move. And again, you can also take and say, week one, I'm going to do the same workout each week. Or uh, week one and two, I'm going to do that row, row 250, 15 air squats, 10 slam balls. Then weeks three and four, I might go row 350, jumping air squat, dumbbell snatch. Week five and six, I might go row, box jump barbell or dual dumbbell snatch, right? So again, that's going to be all dependent on who you have in front of you, what type of client that you have or that you, um, what you are dealing with um, as far as uh, the type of person that you're building this program or this workout for. So that is how you um, look at complexity progression inside of Metcons. Okay, so let's move on. Let's start talking about skill progression inside of Metcon. So um, years ago, when I first got into programming and first got into training, I used to be a big fan um, of this guy named Ben. He was a, a higher level coach inside of the, you know, the CrossFit world, inside of the strength conditioning world. And um, I used to basically absorb and eat up any sort of thing that he put out, any sort of videos, any sort of programming that he was putting out to the masses. Any podcast that he was on, I just I absorbed it and I would go and download it and listen to it and learn from it. And something that he said years ago inside of this about getting somebody better at something was to take a very simple approach, right? Now, what he meant by that is not that you needed to, um, you know, dumb it down for them or anything like that. But what he essentially meant was that the simple approach was to simply introduce a skill to somebody more frequently for them to get better at it. Now, what I failed to understand when he said that was he was talking about somebody that already had the skill, right? So when I took that whole mindset of, okay, an example of that can be maybe I'm going to um, teach somebody to get better at, you know, something like a kipping pull-up or something like that, okay? Now, for us in the CrossFit community, when we want to teach somebody a kipping pull-up, we can't go and say to somebody that we just want them to do um, a kipping pull-up, right? We can't just go and say that, hey, you're going to do more kipping pull-ups. Well, they don't have kipping pull-ups, so that doesn't work. So when I took that whole concept of just introduce it to somebody more frequently, it didn't make sense and it didn't work. So then, you know, we find ourselves, and, and, and this is a 
big thing inside of, you know, a lot of group fitness facilities and, and really a lot of personal trainers do this as well. Is like their clients want to do push-ups or they want to learn a specific skill or they want to do pull-ups and learn a specific skill. We just kind of have them do the same thing over and over and over again without really thinking about how can I introduce this particular skill in fitness in a better way to them. Okay, so once I found myself at that crossroads, I really had to start to understand how am I going to get somebody from where they are inside of this particular skill to where they want to be? Okay, so um, an example of that of meeting them where they are is very simple. For somebody to get better at skill, they have to practice the parts of that skill. Okay, so for this example, I want to use a pull-up. Okay, so the first, if you want to progress somebody in their skill, the first step of this framework is called skill and no fatigue. Okay, so if we take it, take a look at, and again, the, the, the skill that I am going to discuss and then I'm going to give an example of is going to be something like a kipping or a dynamic pull-up. You can take this and you can really dissect and break down any movement this exact same way. So for me, if I'm going to teach them how to do a kipping pull-up, what are the components inside of the kipping pull-up? First and foremost, there is a kipping or a swinging motion that is initiated through the shoulder that travels all the way down through the core and the legs and the feet. And there is a kipping or a swinging or uh, you, you could call it a hollow arching mo movement. Okay, so if I'm going to teach somebody that, number one, I have to make the assumption, are they strong enough to hold onto the pull-up bar? If that answer is yes, then I might have them do a few sets and reps of a hanging hollow arch, right, with a little bit of a rest period in between. They are practicing an element of the skill under no fatigue. They will do the repetitions, they will rest. They will do the repetitions, they will rest, and they will complete that for a number of sets. Okay, now moving on from that, it's not enough to just work on, <clears throat> it's not enough to just work on doing the, you know, the, the dynamic portion of that pull-up, but now we have to make sure that they have the adequate stability and strength in their entire upper body. So we're talking their biceps, we're talking their lats, their shoulders, their upper back muscles, all the things that have to engage and have to be turned on for them to be allowed to execute on that pull-up adequately. Okay, so a simple, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to take this step one and to add some, you know, some context to it, I'm going to have them do the hollow arch skill, and then I'm going to have them execute couple sets and reps of strict pull-ups. Now, if they don't have strict pull-ups, I might have them do something like a foot-assisted pull-up. I might have them do band-assisted. I might have them do negatives. I might have them do something that is going to mimic that vertical pulling motion or you know, a pull-up variation of some sort. So that's step number one. Introduce this skill. And, and if you know, for them, if that skill, if they're able to do the kipping pull-up but they just want to get a little bit better at it, you might just simply have them do some sets with some rest periods under no fatigue, under the least amount of fatigue possible. I might have them do that skill and then have them rest. But they're practicing this skill under no sort of fatigue. Okay? The next piece is going to be doing this skill but increasing how much of it. Okay, so in my first example, maybe I had them do hollow and arch, 10 to, 12, 10 to 12 reps for three sets. And then I had them do strict pull-ups, three, you know, three to four sets of four to six reps. When I turn around and I progress that, I might have them do this skill, and then I'm going to increase the volume. I'm now going to have them do three sets of 12 to 15 reps of the hollow arch, and then I'm going to have them do strict pull-ups, six to eight reps, and instead of three to four sets, I might have I might have them do four to five sets. I'll use the exact same pull-up progression that I used before, 
inside of this one, but now we'll add the amount or the volume. We will increase the volume by having them simply add sets to that. Okay, so now we've gone from skill, no fatigue to skill, no fatigue, increase volume. Okay, now moving on from there, we're going to go skill, low, because ultimately most people want to learn something to do it in a, in a fatigue setting. I'm going to have them do skill, lower their volume a little bit, and now we're going to add a little bit of fatigue to it. Okay, so this could look like this. I might have them do that same hanging hollow and arch for 12 to 15 reps for three sets. And then I'm going to have them do a couple sets of running at an aerobic pace, maybe 80 to 90%. And then I'm going to have them do six to eight strict pull-ups and rest two minutes for three sets. Right? So now we have added, we're continuing to practice the skill. We have lowered the amount of stuff that we do before because in the previous setting, we had them do four to five sets of strict pull-ups with no sort of fatigue. And now we have introduced fatigue by having them do something to get their heart rate up a little bit. Okay, so that was step number three. Skill, lower the volume of that skill, start to add some fatigue. Now the next piece of this, and you know, moving on, what am I at, step four here. Moving into step four, I'm gonna do the skill. I'm going to increase the amount of volume again with that new fatigue that I had. Okay, so what that could look like might be sticking with that hollow hanging ar hollow arch, 12 to 15 reps, three sets. We're still working on the skill portion. Now I'm going to take those four sets, or now we're going to move into four sets. Here's the fatigue, and here's where we add some, you know, the heart rate. I'm going to have them row 250 meters. And then I'm going to actually try to have them work on the dynamic kipping pull-up. So they're doing the skill under a little bit of fatigue, and then they're going to rest a minute. Okay, so now we've done skill. We've increased the amount of the skill that they're doing with the fatigue, right? So we went from strict pull-ups. Now we're starting to do dynamic pull-ups. Now the progression of this can be, this can go on. Like I don't want you to think this is, this is not a week-to-week -week progression. This could simply be... You know, every three weeks you add and you step up to the next element. Okay, so this is beautiful and it works great. It, it almost every single time any of my clients have developed things like toes to bar or uh, double unders or handstand push-ups or muscle-ups or kipping pull-ups, it has followed this exact progression every single time. Okay, so that's step four of the framework. Now, the last step of this framework, we're going to continue to practice our skills. We're going to do it at high volume, but now we're going, to get, we're going to increase the complexity of the fatigue that they are experiencing. Still doing their hollow and arches, but now we're going to go five sets at an aerobic pace, row 500 meters. We're going to add in a kettlebell, a kettlebell swing, which will increase the grip fatigue, and we're going to have them practice their kipping or their dynamic pull-ups. So we have gone from having an, a, a skill, no fatigue, we now have them practicing their skill in a live setting under a fatigued under a fatigue setting. But now on top of that fatigue, we have complexity of exercises added into that. So they went into doing the pull-up by themselves, nothing added to it. So now they're doing rowing pull-ups and kettlebell swings on top of that. So we've taken them through this progression of where they were and took them to where they wanted to be, which for most people, when we want to learn something like a kipping pull-up, is because we want to execute it inside of some sort of, uh, you know, aerobic or anaerobic style conditioning workout. So hopefully that makes sense for you guys. That is my favorite 
um, way that I progress people through skills is make sure that we start at the skill itself. Sometimes you have to dissect that skill and break it into individual pieces. And then I just simply have them do it more, and then I make them tired, and then I make them tired doing it more, and then I, they actually start doing the skill, and then they're tired doing that skill more and doing it a little more tired than before, and then, then we start to add different complexity elements and movements and exercises into it that ultimately make the execution of that particular skill that much more harder, okay? So that's the skill progression. Now, last topic that I want to kind of jump into you guys today. If you are a group CrossFit coach, I want you to listen up. If you train groups of 10 to 20, then I'm talking to you because this is where we make the biggest bang for our buck. And this is where we help to really make a difference in our client's life. And that is this scaling versus personalization concept. Okay. So on side of my team, I tend to meet with my coaches. I would say at a minimum uh, I try to do it like once every two to three months. We sit down and literally I just ask them, how are things going? Um, how can I help you more? Where are, some, where are some places that, you know, I can provide service as your leader and as your head coach, right? And uh, I had a coach walk into my office one day and we sat down and we're having our meeting. And the thing that he said to me was, I need, he, he's a newer coach. He says, I need to learn how to scale people better, Right. And I was like, give me some examples. And then he goes into the pull up, he, you know, which is, you know, um, from my last kind of um, sharing you the, the skill progression that I use. He, you know, use examples like pull ups, push ups, <clears throat> um, squatting movements, things like that. He wanted to know how to scale people. Right. And, 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 and it really took me back and, and made me think deeply about what I learned coming up, right? Because, you know, an example of this would be if a person comes to you and they're like, I can't do pull-ups in this workout, what should I do? You typically will scale them back to like, what is the next easiest exercise? And the concept is just to simply like, if you think of it like a volume knob, if a person can't do anything or do a particular thing, you're going to turn the volume down a little bit to the next thing that they can do, right? But what will happen is that you'll have people stuck at these same scales or modifications for years and years, and they never really get better. They never really progress into the next thing or, you know, learn that particular exercise. Okay. So, you know, he essentially was giving me these things and I'm thinking through it. And, and ultimately this, this concept came to me and I said, we're not, what we're trying to do here with our clients is not scale them. We are trying to personalize it, the workout to them. Okay. Now, when you, when you think about that for a second is if you're going to personalize a work, a group templated program to somebody, and for a lot of coaches that may be listening to this, you might not even be the person making the conditioning or the Metcon or any of that stuff for them. But ultimately, understanding how to personalize a particular thing to them gives you this an extreme amount of power in helping your clients or the people that you're leading to their results more quickly. Okay. So ultimately, I said it's not about scaling your this particular exercise or workout to them. It's about personalizing it to them. So an example, we're going to stick with the pull-up just because I feel like we've been talking about that this entire um, podcast. So if you think about this for a second, a person comes to you, they're not able to do a pull-up. Typical way of thinking inside of the, you know, the group fitness space is that I'm going to scale them back to the next best thing. You know, this could work, right? And some, you know, you might see it in some clients that does work and it works well for them. But for the most part, it doesn't work. Okay. Now, when we, if I were going to personalize a pull-up to that person, and I shared this with my coach, is that I have to think about where are their limitations inside of that that is making me scale. 
Okay. And, and, you know, an example of a pull-up could be if they're not able to finish the top portion of their pull-ups, I find that that is typically related to some sort of bicep weakness. If they're not able, if they're hanging at the very bottom and they're not able to get their arms to bend a little bit and start to pack and depress their, their shoulder blades down when they initiate their pull-up, a lot of times that is tied to either weak lats or um, weak, uh, weak upper back muscles. So that's their limitation, right? They may not be able to hold onto the barbell with their hands with their body weight. And that means that the grip strength is their limitation, Right, so if I'm going to attack the limitation and I'm going to personalize that particular workout or that particular exercise to that person, I have to first look at where are their weaknesses and attack that first. So I share with my coaches, says, look more at where they are being restricted, restricted or limited, and less at where can I just dial them back to. And for him, it really hoped it, op- it helped to open his mind to the possibilities of how he can reach his client. Because if a client comes to you and there's a pull-up workout, and maybe it's something like a kipping pull-up or a strict pull-up workout, and they're not able to do that exercise, it can be this real, um, it can be this real negative thing of I'm not able to do it. I'm just going to have to do ring rows again, or I'm going to have to do banded pull-ups, or I'm going to have to do foot foot assisted pull-ups. I'm going to have to just drop down to that same scale that I do all the time. But imagine if you, as a coach, you come at them with a different idea of I'm not going to scale you today. I'm going to personalize this. I'm going to make this your workout, a workout that is meant for you. Right now, when I see you do pull-ups, where you are limited at is your lats. I find that you're not able to engage here and here and here. And I'll point out all the different things that we need to engage or that they need to engage a little bit better. And then I'll simply come to them and I'll say, look, instead of just having you do this, I'm going to help you to specifically develop and work on your weaknesses today, which will ultimately get you to that execution of that exercise faster. So imagine what that conversation can look like between a coach and a client if I'm able, if I'm able to come with them with that sort of plan versus you know, what typically a lot of uh, group fitness coaches will do is say, oh, I'll just do this instead, or I'll dial, you know, scale back to this instead, or I'm going to modify you to this instead. Imagine if you came to them with the thought process of, I'm not going to just scale you. I'm going to personalize it based off of my best understanding of the human body and where you are limited right now as a, as a fitness person. Can you, and, and when we deliver these things to our clients inside a facility, and when I deliver these things to people through online training or remote training, their mind is just blown away that I'm not just going to brush off them not being able to do something. I'm going to push them into that weakness, into that limitation, into that thing that is restricting them from executing on the things that they need to, which will ultimately allow them to be better and a more fit and and well-rounded fitness person inside of their training right so when you start looking at when you're in your group your group fitness classes next time if you are a person that groups that does group fitness coaching or if you're a person that writes training programs or does personal training with somebody think less about how you can scale or modify particular elements and think more about how you can personalize that training to them. Something that I love to say and something I try to tell my my team and something that I tell all of the coaches that I mentor and that I work with is that we're not trying to fit a client to the particular training session. We're trying to fit the training session to them. Because ultimately, that's how we are going to make the most impact and the most change in our person's, in, in our client's physiology and how they are and their fitness level.
Okay. So those are the topics that I wanted to cover with you guys today. I hope that at least one of them resonated with you and at least one of them can help you to advance in your coaching practice. Or if you're a person listening to this, that you're not a coach, at least you can just hopefully understand and um, progress in your understanding of, you know, fitness and training. And um, guys, thanks for joining me today. I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.